Hey, everyone. We're with Dan Fredrickson tonight. Dan, always great to talk to you. Thanks for the time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Hi, Dan. How are you? How is it up in Minnesota up there? It's real nice. Uh, great weather and, and uh, things are going good. Just real excited to uh, get the car finished up and head down to the Snowball Derby here pretty soon. Tell us a little bit about your year. It was a, a unique year, a year like none other. Uh, seems like you have taken a backseat to racing a little bit uh, the last few years, but we still saw you at a few places. Yeah, we just got a lot of exciting things going on with the family. Um, you, you know, just uh, where racing used to be really high on the priority list. Um, you know, running well is still high on the priority list, but running as often is not. So we just, uh, you know, jump in here and there where we can and uh, hit, you know, we hit a couple of races. I think we raced four times this year. So um, just doing it when we can do it. I'd like to do it more often, but, you know, there's a lot of things that are more important to me. So I'm just kind of uh, taking it as we go. In the near future, do you think you'll be racing more or about the about the same? You're always a front runner when you when you show up, and it's always good to see you. Yeah, I think more. You know, we have to see how how all this COVID stuff goes. I mean, that really put a damper on us this year. Um, in Minnesota, here um, it's got everything shut down. You know, so. Uh, it, it's a little bit of a bummer. Uh, we got to be a little bit careful that we don't spend a bunch of money and time on racing when, uh, you know, everything's going good business-wise, but, you know, there's always that chance it could turn turn down in a hurry when there's something like this going on. So, I mean, that's in the back of my mind, too, as far as when I, you know, when I decide to race and how much to race. Um, I see you got two youngins that uh, that gets into racing. Huh? You've been uh, helping them out. Oh yeah, we. So my older three, I've got five kids, and the older three, they all had their shot at racing quarter midgets uh, years ago, and then um, my youngest son Ty, he got into it. He started dabbling in it a couple of years ago, and we took a little bit bigger approach at that this year, and then. Right at the end of this year, my youngest, which is a da uh, my daughter, Harper, who just turned six, she started racing a little bit, too, and she's even got a couple of wins this year. So they're, uh, they're both very competitive, and, and they both run well, and it's a lot of fun. Tell the fans what it's like to watch uh, your kids race and how it differs from you being in the seat. Is it more nerve-wracking? How, how does it differ? Uh, well, I would say, you know, of all the races that I've won, none of it is as gratifying as when one of my kids win. You know, it's, um, it's definitely more special to watch them win and even if they don't win, just if, if they learn something, uh, do something that you think is uh, a real stand-up act or whatever like that, you know, um, just watching them evolve and learn and have the will to win or have the, the hunger for competition, it, it's very gratifying, you know. Um, 
I thought there would be nothing higher than, you know, winning races myself, but I was definitely wrong, you know, and, and uh, it's just a whole nother level of excitement. Well, that's really cool. Um, with the last time we saw you, you were at Oktoberfest. You had a decent run there. That's a place that really suits you, it sounds like. Yeah, I just like the racetrack. It's um, it's wide. You can do a lot of passing. Uh, you know, like in the Trickle 99 race, we, ra- we raced three wide a lot. And, uh, you know, you have to in that race. It's so nail-biting. And especially, we didn't time in very good. And uh, so I had a lot of points to make up to be able to win that. And we had to go every single lap of that. So it was exciting. And that track is just perfect for that because pretty much if you have a faster car, you're going to win the race. So I, I like it a lot. There's a lot of ways around a guy. Um, it's just a great track for me. And I, I'm always I'm always better, it seems like, on the flat tracks. I enjoy the challenge and I understand the suspension and how the car works and I can – use that to my advantage sometimes when when those really flat tracks trick some of the guys that are real good on on the bank tracks yeah i wanted to bring that up dan uh that friday night when you ran the 99 you were you were a man that was possessed that you wanted to win that race and it was quite obvious um that you ran on friday i was uh, when you jumped out of the car at tech there and I was standing on your right side. I said, I yelled over to you, Hey, four time. And that's uh pretty awesome stuff, man. Yeah. Thanks a lot. It, you know, we've had so much going on around the house and, uh, and with business and everything. And, and uh, I haven't really gotten a chance at any big wins for a while. So, um, you know, five, six years ago, I would just blow that off like another race, but, after the last couple of years, I, you know, I, I cherish, you know, that win and any, uh, you know, good win I can get is, uh, is good to have when you're only doing it part-time, you know? So you've been to the snowball derby a few times in the past. We personally saw you down there for the 50th annual in 2017. It seems like you always have decent runs up there. Does, is there anything that helps you prepare like the big races up here for something like that down there? No, not, not at all. I don't think, um, there's a few small differences and it makes a big difference. Um, so when we go down to the snowball derby, we run a four barrel carburetor, basically the same engine that we run up here, but we only get to have a two barrel carburetor up here. So it adds about 130 horsepower and, uh, so that makes it a whole different ball of wax. Uh, their racetrack down there is very abrasive. Um, if you look at it closely, you can actually, uh, you see uh, seashells sticking up instead of what you would see like rocks up here in a racetrack, you know, and it grinds on the tires and uh, they use a different tire compound also. So it's pretty much, uh, it's pretty much uh, throw everything out. You're going blind when you go down there. Is there a track that would compare close to this to Five Lakes Speedway up here at all? If the shape of Madison was the size of Lacrosse, uh, with the asphalt of State Park, that would be 
five flag speedway it's a paper ship oh well it's actually not it has very long straightaways but actually you do keep turning down the straightaway at five flags more so the front straightaway i believe than the back so you are slightly turning all the way through the straightaway not much but i would say madison you're more going dead straight but uh um yeah it's it's a different animal it's the whole experience of the snowball derby from the racetrack to the people to the hype everything is awesome when you're down there do you uh find somebody to uh, look for some advice um when they're down when you're down there no not really um i've i've had times where i've gotten frustrated um with racing and I've tried to look for advice, and I've found that if anybody has anything good, they don't tell you the truth. <laughs> or, like, if anything, if somebody knows something that doesn't work, they'll tell you. If they know something that does work, they're not going to tell you. So it's it's a waste of time, really. Um, if you see me asking for somebody, you know, for a bunch of advice, it's I'm probably just messing with them to see what they'll say <laughs> but uh i mean I've, I've got a few people that i bounce a few things off of here and there but as far as saying hey give me your setup it's just not gonna happen yeah so tell us about how you prepare for the snowball derby what what do you do in the upcoming weeks is there any strategy talk between you and your crew anything like that uh well I mean, to be honest with you, most of preparing for the snowball derby is just uh, is uh, finding the money. You know, <laughs> um, that that's that's probably job number one for me is is just being able to afford to do it. Just to give you an idea. I'd say we're on the we're definitely in probably the bottom ten percent of the budgets that go down there, and we'll probably spend eighteen to twenty grand to go. Um, some of the big teams will spend 50 or 60,000 by the time they test twice and, and things like that. So it's, it's kind of a stupid deal as far as money goes, but it's, it's a one time a year special trip, you know? So I got a lot of really good sponsors and they all kind of know that I'm going to come begging on, uh, middle of no uh, November for some money for the Derby. So they keep a little extra for this race and. And we pretty much all know that we're heading down there and uh, and it's expensive. So, I mean, so there's that end of it. I'd say that's the biggest stress. Um, the body tech is really, really strict down there. So we spend probably three or four days making sure that we don't have to rebuild our car when we get there. Um, we want everything to look nice. Uh, there's some different stuff that goes into it. We used to have to prepare for live pit stops, and that was a, a whole nother job. But now it's more a controlled caution like you would see at the Dixieland or Oktoberfest. So um, we kind of have that stuff figured out. But it, it's, um, it's more about just being gone for a week and, and spending the money and making sure you get through tech and, and things like that. You know, when, when the tech barn has a sign with a skull on it that says the room of doom, it means they're pretty serious, you know? I was just about to ask you how the controlled 
pit stops have really helped you in your favor. And what did you do when it was live pit stops? Did you rent a pit crew? Um, I saw a post from you the other day that said you were looking through some old equipment and now it's pretty much useless because of the controlled pit stops. How did you handle that in the past and how huge has it been to go to controlled pit stops for you and your team? <clears throat> to be honest with you, that's sort of a, that's sort of a catch 22 deal because when you come from Minnesota and you bring down your guys, you obviously have to put up that many guys in hotel rooms and get them to take work off. And sometimes you have to throw them a little ching to, to make up for that time off and, and all that stuff. So, so for me to do the controlled pit stops, it, it does save us some money, but it's not as much as you would think because when we, when we had live pit stops, we would just pay a crew to come from North Carolina. Uh, a lot of, a lot of teams did this. They would, they would pay, I think we paid $6,500 and that was every guy that we needed to pit the car. They brought the equipment they needed and um, they just came that morning and then left, you know, so there was no overnights, there was no meals, nothing. So in the grand scheme of things, it's a little cheaper, not a ton, but what it is for us is way more fair because like the crews that I had, I paid 6,500 to rent those guys for one day. And like the mega teams would absolutely waste our ass in the pits. Like, um, oh, well, heck, I think uh, the last year of live pit stops, uh, Ty had like Roush Yates guys, and he still lost two or three spots to, you know, the KBM teams that that brought their cup guys so it was it's the beauty of it is you're not going to be able to spend a ton of money and beat anybody through the pits anymore so it it saves a little money and it makes it a way more level playing field for us that don't have access to top-notch nascar crews so if everything lined up perfectly what would it mean for you to bring home that snowball trophy back to Minnesota? Well, it'd be big. I mean, um, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it, it would be amazing for us. Like, I can't believe the amount of support I get around the state and the Midwest and Wisconsin um, just for going down there and, and taking a swing at it, you know. And last year we had a good race car. Uh, in fact, I'm in the shop right now looking at the last set of tires sitting in the corner that we never even got to put on the car, you know. So we, we had a good car last year and we got caught on the wrong pit cycle and didn't get our last set of tires on. And, you know, you're not going to overcome that, you know. So um, I don't know. I mean, it seems like it would be a tough deal to win, but at the same time, I think we do have the talent and the car to do it. It's just that we probably don't race enough all the time to have a ton of confidence to win. I mean, we can compete for it. We hope to win, but um, it, it would be pretty amazing to be a part-time racer and win, win the snowball derby. I'll tell you. What do you expect out of the track? 
do you see it changing throughout the weekend? And then also tell us how tense qualifying is. <clears throat> well, um, as far as the track itself, it changes a little bit. You know, it's a lot like lacrosse um, where there's a few different classes and there's weather coming and going all the time. So it does change. Um, you can actually feel the car when, when you're racing, uh, when you get a big cloud and the track goes, you know, dark, not sunny for about three or four laps after that, you can feel the car tighten right up. And then the cloud will go away and the sun will come out and five laps later it's loose again. So it's almost like a light switch, um, just based off the weather. Um, time trials is obviously a very tense situation. A couple of reasons. Obviously there's a lot of really good cars there and, uh, there's a lot of money at stake. You know, you spend a lot of money to go. And if you don't make the show, then it was just all wasted, you know? And it's just, I mean, I've made the show luckily every year, but, um, you know, I've seen a lot of really, really good guys not make it. And, um, you know, it's just a fraction of a hair that makes the difference. And, uh, so you don't want to go real early. You draw for qualifying. It's actually like shown live on Speed 51, the qualifying draw. And you kind of want to go in the middle somewhere. Early on, it's probably still a little too warm. And then in the middle is probably when it's the fastest. And the later the time trials go, the more the evening dew sets in. So if uh, there's a little break in the action or something, the track will start getting a little bit of moist, like surface on it. So um, there's a lot to it. And the, it too goes with when you get to pick out your tires. Um, so if you get the, if you time in first, you get to pick out your qualifying tires first, but then you pick out your race tires last. So it's, it's a weird deal. You just, you want to land right in the middle of qualifying when you draw, obviously you have no say over that, but you hope for somewhere in the middle. How do you typically set up your car down there? Do you set it up a little tighter knowing it's going to loosen up? Do you set it more loose knowing it's going to tight up? Well, it's a very unique track. Um, you automatically would think that you would want it to be tight so that you can stay stay tight down, you know, and, and use some horsepower and lay it down. But um, it's kind of one of those deals where if the car doesn't turn, it's never going to get down the straightaway. So it, you know, as much as you want to tighten it up and get good forward drive, it, it's almost more important that it turns the corner good. Um, it's almost like turn the corner good and then just use the throttle pedal, What it, you know, give it the gas it'll take and, and no more. You know what I mean? Like anybody could just blast the tires right off it down the straightaway. Like it, once you get 50 laps in, you, you can't get it anywhere as even close to the, you know, full throttle down the straightaway. So it's a tire game. It's a throttle game. Um, and it's kind of a mind game because you think, Oh, I'm going to get loose. I need to tighten the car up, but really it doesn't help you. Mm, that's such good stuff it's a lot like state park you know everywhere like every time i go to state park i think to myself i need to be able to apply more gas and i'll kick everybody's butt you know but 
realistically you get there and you keep getting it so you can use more and more throttle down the straightaway and you just keep going slower through the corners. So it, it's a lot like that. You know, you just have to have the the uh, mindset to, to not not get caught up in forward drive and and uh, and keep focused on the corner. Yeah, Wausau is a good place to for uh, figuring something like that out. So, hey, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be on Speed Fifty One, man. We're gonna be watching you, man. We're gonna be rooting you on, man. Wishing you the best of luck uh, down there, man. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's uh, it should be good. We're gonna leave a little early and and go test this year. Uh, we did not test last year. You get a lot of practice down there, but it just seems like it's still never enough with so many different things than what we're used to up here. So. We're excited. We're going to get down there and get everything uh, lined up, you know, plenty of time. And hopefully it goes well. So I appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. What's the key to getting around that place? We've heard, you know, it looks like the cars really dive down low on one and two. And then through, you know, some use a half lane up to you. What's the what's the best line to use to get around there? I like to be right on the apron in one and two, like you said. Um, that seems to be the best. Uh, three and four, a lot of guys, they come in really high and kind of corkscrew it down the hill. Um, kind of like if you ever watch like Matt Kinseth race at Madison, he does that very exaggeratedly. And um, it, and that's kind of one good, good crack you can take at uh, three and four. Um, you can dime in the center of it a little bit too. I think the bottom line is you just need to be against that inside wall, getting off a of four, almost hitting it, you know, uh, on the left front tire. So, um, yeah, you know, all the way around the bottom one and two, whatever you got to do to get into turn three good and, and get off four right on the bottom. Um, it's, it's kind of a Southern track thing, like, uh, New Smyrna, Five Flags Speedway, Nashville, I-70, all those bank tracks down there have the same thing happening. When you, when you drive off the corner and it goes from a fairly, you know, ex- I would say banked or extremely banked corner to a little bit flatter straightaway, there's a line where when you go across that transition, you lose all the load in your race car. And, um, Every one of those tracks, it's like you can't get low enough off the corner so that your car doesn't unload when you hit up on that flat straightaway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, final final question. I just thought about something else here as well. How close are you to the wall getting into one and then through three and four? Because it looks like you can not – There, there's an inch there maybe it appears. I'm, I'm sure it's a little more than that, but it just seems like you are so close to the wall. Yeah, I mean, I've I've broke the left front fender. I've been there three times, and I've broke the fender on the wall every year. So, I mean, you'll touch it, you know. Um, I guess ideally you'd be thirty thousandths of an inch off it every lap, but sometimes you you uh, hit her a little bit. It's you don't you don't even really notice it. You know, the fender hangs over the tire a couple inches, so. Yeah, you get in there right on it, and sometimes it scrapes the tire a little bit, but uh, that's where you need to be, you know. 
That is that is crazy and, and great stuff to hear from you. Well, Dan, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. It means the world to us, and we can't wait to see what you do down there, and always great to see you. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Have a good night. Yeah, have fun and safe travels there, Dan. Thank you. What an interview by Dan Fredrickson. Dan's been a guy who we've gotten to talk to a lot over the years, just like the other ones. Uh, he's come out on top a lot, and this year he didn't do as much racing as he said, but he's always one to watch no, when, no matter where he goes. Man, when he was explaining uh, how, how the car comes off the corner, and you know, and, and, you, know you can just kind of close your eyes, and you can just picture what he's talking about. That was really awesome how he explained that to us. Yeah, a lot of things he, he explained to the fender hitting the inside wall. You know, it looks like they're so close, but I didn't realize they were actually hitting the wall at times, brushing the wall, I guess you'd say. Uh, that just blows my mind. Yeah, yeah. When, when, I, when I started with that interview, I looked on his Facebook page, and he's got his children on there, and they're all dressed in, in uh, suits, you know, and helmets, and they got these little uh, – mini cars and they got checkered flags and everything. And I can see where his priorities are going to go with his children like that. Uh, that, that looks like that would really be a blast, you know, and I could imagine having your children out racing and, and helping them out. I, I think that would really be cool too. Absolutely. And I think it's always been a family affair uh, with him has a lot of family on the crew and all that very close to him. And then the other thing I found interesting too, he kind of said the same thing that Dalton Zier did about Madison and lacrosse kind of combining them. And then he also said state park as far as, you know, how you use the throttle and all that. So that to me, you know, going to those tracks really puts it in perspective of it's kind of all meshed into one. And if you did that, it would be a five flake speedway. It was really cool how he went in depth about that. Yeah, when he brought up Wausau, all of a sudden, okay, there you go. There's an old grinder uh, bull ring, you know. And then you mix in a little, some Madison lacrosse all together and put that together. Um, I think that's a very good uh, recipe that he uh, he came up with. Uh, good, good explanation on that. Yeah, he explained things so well. It was a fantastic interview, as we just said. And I can't wait to see what he does down there because there's times where I, at points in the race where I'm thinking he's the guy to beat. So if everything can go right, he can certainly be one that uh, takes home the checker flag and the snowball derby tro trophy. Thing about it is he has so much experience and, uh, you know, and seat time and, you know, he's a warrior and, uh, you know, he's he sure like to see him do well down there, you know, as, as his career goes on, that would be really, really cool if he could pull this off. Absolutely. Just, just like the others would, but um, Dan as well. Well, uh, thank you to Dan Fredrickson for the time again. We hope to reconnect with him as well. I think this is really going to connect with the fans. Yeah, I think so too. It's, it's fun stuff. And we kind of get a little bit of a insight of uh, how the drivers are. And, you know, once when people go out to the racetrack, Hey, you can go out and you can visit with these guys too. You know, there's friendly and, and they'll teach you and talk to you and, it's all good stuff. That's why we, uh, hey, that's why we dig this sport. Absolutely. That is one reason why we do. Everyone seems so approachable. And uh, all you have to do is go talk to someone about racing. And they're, they're an open book a lot of times. So uh, we appreciate Dan's information, Dan's time. Um, and we look forward to doing this again. 
All right. Thanks, Lauren. We'll see you later. Yep. Thanks, Mark.